What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Today, uh, in honor of the All-Star, I guess it's not even a weekend anymore, the All-Star Sunday coming up this weekend and the uh, NBA All-Star Draft being uh, selected on Wednesday. We're going to do a lot of All-Star stuff today, look look back at some of the best stuff we've seen as well as look forward to this weekend and kind of what the the new All-Star has brought to us, at least the game. So we'll be looking at that a little bit before we can get into that. Also, we're going to look into some college stuff as well. Don't, we didn't forget about you, college basketball. Um, but before we get into any of that, let's, let's go ahead and talk uh, through some of these questions. Um, the first one I have uh, is a little bit different than what we've done. But if you were, for some reason, given a million dollars, whether you want, want it in the lottery or something, what are the first three things you're going out and, and buying? Um, I know one of them is not what I'm buying for myself. I'm definitely going to give my parents at least like half of that. Um, want them to stop working and retire, let them enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely get a house, you know, build equity. Um, you know, I'll probably splurge a little bit, get a couple million dollar house there. And um, I guess the third thing would be um, very simple, probably just a nice car. I don't know what it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing super crazy, but I don't know, just a nice sports car. There you go. I, so like a, my original question I had was only a million dollars, which I mean, for you and I, we could probably, you know, buy yeah. a lot of things. Um, but I wanted to make it a hundred million just because I was like, you know, well, then you can maybe think a little bit more outside the box. Uh, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. First thing I'm buying is a nice ass house. Uh, and I'm probably going to put a basketball court in the house or get out of the house. Hey, Neil's house. Give me Neil's old house. Because <laughs> um, he had a really nice area. Um I'm not really into cars, so I don't even know if I'd want a car. But I mean, that's just something that, like, may, maybe like a nice watch, like a Rolex watch. Yeah. Honestly, I'd take that over a car just because I'm not a huge car guy. Um, and then the final thing I would buy, honestly, I would probably buy courtside tickets um, at whatever area I chose to live in. So yeah. like, and that that's not just the basketball, but that's also to like the major sports. So like in the Dallas area, of course, you got the Stars, Cowboys and the Mavs as well. I mean, probably the Rangers just because they got a new stadium, but I would get season tickets, maybe not courtside, but I get season tickets at all of those. Uh, and even if I didn't go to a single game, profit, you know, got to keep right. money going. Um, but let us know what you guys would do with that, uh, with $100 million, what the three things you guys would buy with that. So let's go to our trivia question. Again, keeping in honor of the all-star game. There's a few that I could ask, but... Um, who has the most NBA dunk contest wins in history? Most dunk contest wins? In the NBA history of the All-Star game, or the All-Star weekend, excuse me. Hmm. I know a couple guys have won multiple. Mm-hmm. I think off the top of my head, I, th- I think it's one of the smaller guys. I think it's Nate Robinson. That is correct, sir. Nate Robinson won three. Three, right? Yeah. Yep. He's won three. uh, I don't remember the exact years off the top of my head, but I know he won two Mm -hmm. back-to-back. I think he might have honestly won all three back-to-back, really. But I don't don't know off the top of my head, so don't quote me. Um, Now, let's take it to the uh, three-point contest. Who has won the most three-point contest? This one's a little bit tougher because – these two names are there. I'll, I'll give you a hint. They're both from the nineties and like in past. So Shoot. The, I'll say 99 until like, I'll just say that I'll say the, the eighties, those two years. And there's two people, by the way, two people. Oh, how many have they won? Three, three, three. Hmm. Shoot. 
I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I don't know that many sharpshooters, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go say it's Reggie Miller with one of them, and okay. then maybe Larry Bird for the other. I know it's probably a less obscure guy, but those would be my two guesses. So, so Larry Bird is correct. He won okay. three in a row from 86 to 88. Craig Craig Hodges is the other guy. Yeah. I didn't for Cleveland. Uh, I don't know. Let me look real fast. I I've heard of the name, but I've never actually yeah. like the name, the name rings a bell. The name rings a bell, but I do not know who he is off the top of my head. He played for the Bulls at this time. Bulls, okay. The Bulls. So, um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Uh, some some other names who have won the um, three point competition that I did not know whenever I was looking this up. Kevin Love won it in twenty twelve. I did not know that. Yep, Kevin Love. Uh, even Dirk won it in two thousand six. I'm assuming he knew that though. Yeah, I, think uh, I didn't know. No, Paul Pierce won it either. He won it. I actually did know that for some reason, and. And I that's a great trivia question. Did Paul Pierce win one? <laughs> and and the crazy thing is, is like you think like some of these guys listed, you know, Devin Booker, Eric Gordon, Clay Thompson. Like these are great shooters. Um, but like it, 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 and they talk about this all the time. Like shooting off the rack is completely different than shooting, you know, catching and shooting in in, in a rhythm. So right, yeah, guys, totally different. And and one guy who you know kind of came out of nowhere, Jason Capono. Oh, yeah. He was always winning that. Always. Yeah, he was a two-time winner, uh, so he's almost in that three-time. Kyrie Irving has also won the three-point competition. Pe- Peja won it a couple of times, I think. Yeah, Peja won it two times. Jeff Hornacek. So, definitely some great three-point names. Uh, let's look at the dunk contest real fast. I mean, like like you said, Nate Robinson, he won 2006, 2009, and 2010. And he okay. had those great battles with, uh, with the White Howard. Superman. Now, I will say – the dunk contest, the three-point competition is always interesting. The dunk contest, I feel like, suffers because it depends on who's in it. Right. You know, obviously, we had those great ones with, with Vince Carter in the early 2000s, late 90s, and we had the recent ones with uh, Zach Levine and, and Aaron Gordon. And I'm sorry to say this, if this hurts anyone's feelings, Aaron Gordon got dicked out of the Toronto one. Yeah. The one before Zach Levine earned. I agree. The second one, Gordon got t- – got. Um, but then we also have a guy named Jeremy Evans. Yeah. I mean, I, I know who that is playing 2K. Yeah, but, right, me too. But uh, and a guy named Fred Jones from the Pacers won it in 2004. Yeah, I mean, I that is. Um, you had uh, the uh, I don't know how to say his first name, but Diallo from the Thunder won it last year. Uh, um, it, it really does depend on who's in it and how much engagement they can get. Because Zach Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, they're good players, and we all knew Zach mm-hmm. Levine like from his high school mixtapes and stuff back in the day. Knew he had yeah, a lot dude. of bounce in him, so like. He knew it was going to be a good dunk contest. So it's really hit or miss. Kind of excited to see what happens this year. Um, see how much interest these guys draw. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. Um, but before we actually get uh, – or what we're going to do now, uh, we're gonna, this is going to go on the Twitters on Wednesday. Uh, this episode will release on, uh, on a Thursday. So this will, you'll hear it on Thursday if you listen to the podcast. But if you follow us on Twitter or TikTok or Instagram, you'll see it a day before – we're going to go ahead and draft uh, the roster. So um, I'm going to be, K- I'm going to be KD. Jacob's going to be LeBron. He's going to have the first overall pick and we're just going to go back and forth picking, picking the starters. Obviously KD's not playing Tatum's filling in for KD. Um, and so basically the rest of the guys are going to be the same. And I'm just going to be KD slash Jason Tatum is what it's going to be. So Jacob, since I think since LeBron had the most votes this year, um, he's probably going to pick first. I'm going to allow you to go ahead and pick first. Who would be your first overall pick? 
Um, with the All-Star game, a um, lot of dunks, a lot of highlights. So I'm going to go with Giannis as my first overall pick. There you go. Um, I'm going to stick in the East, and I think just the way this guy's playing this year, i got to go with Embiid. Yeah, that's a, it's a good one as well. I'm um, going to mix it up. Um, going to go with Steph, one of LeBron's big rivals, put the point guard right there. Yeah, you, you took you took my second overall pick, so then I'm going to probably take your third. I'm going to go Luca at number three. Good one. I think I was definitely going to go there, but got to get another European player and go, go with my big now and get Jokic at the center for me. There you go. Um, I'm going to stick in the West, and I'm going to take the last West player, and I'm going to take Ka- Kawhi. Perfect. And let's see, to round it out with my starting five, I'm going to go with the man who deserved to be in it last year, who's starting this year with Bradley Beal as my shooting guard. There you go. And then that leaves me Kyrie Irving. Uh, so Jacob's team was LeBron. Uh, then he went Giannis, which I think Giannis will probably, well, yeah. And then I don't know how they're going to do it without Tatum, but it, it's LeBron, Giannis, Steph, Jokic, and Beal. And then my team, which is Katie slash Tatum. Embiid, Luca, Kawhi, and Kyrie Irving. I think those two teams are pretty awesome, and we'll see how the rest of the roster gets drafted. Um, but go yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, but that's that's who we would be taking if we were LeBron and KD. Um, but we'll see how those guys pick on uh, Wednesday, which should be pretty interesting. Check that out. Those are always funny. I think they'll have what Ernie, uh, Charles, and and Shaq on there, and and. Last year, from what I can, or the last time they did this, from what I can remember, they they were pretty funny. So make sure you guys go ahead and check out that. Um, so now looking at the this year's All Star looks a lot different. Um, they're not doing a whole weekend, so we do miss out on the I guess it's the rookie showcase, or I don't even know if they call it anymore. Um, but the Team World versus Team USA, so we do miss out on that. But we do get the rest of the tournament, or not the tournament, the action of the skills and the three point contest happening before the uh, actual uh, game and then the all-star game will be played for the first half. And then the, and then halftime will, instead of being a probably not a good performance by someone, it'll be an NBA dunk contest will be in halftime. And then the rest of the game will be played. So, I I mean, I kind of like that format, to be honest, I think it'll keep everyone engaged all day. Instead of having to be a whole weekend, it's a single singular day. And it's not the whole day either. It starts at 5 30 PM. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So uh, should be pretty interesting. What What are your thoughts on that, Jacob? Do you like this format or do you kind of miss the old way? Um, I prefer the old way, but I think they're doing a good job of still giving the fans the all-star experience mm-hmm. and uh, helping the players out by cramming it into one day and giving them as many off days as possible. Because yeah. I know a lot of these superstars don't necessarily want to play it, but at least they don't have to be there multiple days and all the media interaction besides the games and events that they're already participating in. So I think you get the best of both worlds here. Uh, you know, wrap it up in a handful of hours. Um, hopefully see a good three-point contest, go into the game, probably be a longer halftime, give mm-hmm. guys a little bit more rest, not doing too much on their bodies because they still have half a season to play and, you know, finishing out. And I'm glad they're sticking with the same format of the actual All-Star game like last year. You know, yeah, the exactly. 24 points into the fourth quarter. So I think it'll be a good weekend. Uh, NBA did a good job of helping fans and the players, uh, you know, collaborating together and working it out. Yeah, no, I'm in total agreement with you. And I think there won't be much of a halftime as in the players going back. They'll probably be on the bench watching the dunk contest um, as as we always see. And I think that's one thing I'll I'll miss is that they'll be in street clothes. And it's just cool to see these athletes not, you know, in their full uniforms all the time. And because at the end of the day, they are people and they have 
opinions and stuff. But I, I think they did a really good job of, because I think at the start of the year, they had said there was no all-star anything at all. Right. And so although all-star is kind of a waste of time to some people and especially to the players, cause they'd rather be resting. I do think it's a very fun weekend for fans and for the players because Hey, last time we had an all-star game, this is where KD and Kyrie teamed up. You know, they were saying yep. hey, it's official. We're going to this, we're going to Brooklyn. So it's where you see all the rumors, even if they're false or end up happening, you know, people just go crazy with all their different opinions. Who's going to team up with free agency and trades and, you know, all this nonsense. And it's always an exciting weekend to watch. Exactly. No, hundred percent. Now uh, the first question I'm going to ask you is actually about the thing that we're not getting is this, uh, is it, is the world versus USA. It used to be the rookie showcase is what they called it, where they would have all the rookies team up versus the sophomores. Now, in your opinion, which, which I guess, way do you like more the rookie or the, or the world versus USA? I liked the rookie challenge, but um, I actually prefer the USA versus the world challenge mm-hmm. because, you know, it's NBA is becoming a global sport and yeah. they don't get as much attraction. And from that standpoint, you see all these young guys, like we obviously know like Jokic and Luka when they're young, like, and we're in it, but you see guys like Bogdan and Bohan Bogdanovich and you see those other like European and Asian and Australian players who are really good basketball players too, be able to the, showcase their talent because a lot of times in the rookie and sophomore challenge you saw all these USA guys that you already saw in college multiple mm-hmm. times so it's given a chance to you know maybe see some players who deserve to be in the game as well and just like you know some rookies and sophomores well and I, I think it still is rookies and sophomores is, only yeah. but as you're saying because one we have so much European influence now in the NBA that we almost have an equal amount and and we even see guys who we think are American who are Canadian actually right who are on the world team so I mean I I personally do miss the rookies versus sophomores because I think there for whatever reason there was a clash between them and I always thought they had um more interesting games but the last few USA versus world games have been very close yeah um and I know we had the whole thing with Luca and Trey the last couple years right um so I mean I I think I think they've done a very good job and I don't have any you know, just besides, I guess, nostalgia yeah. for my purposes, right. I have no. I think it might be a little bit less competitive now, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of the USA guys might have a chip on their shoulder to maybe win the game, you know, NBA is in the U.S. and Toronto, but, you know, have that chip mm-hmm. to, you know, win that game. Who who was it um, a couple of years ago in a still the rookie showcase where they went back and forth? I'm thinking like Brandon Knight and Dion Waiters, I believe, sure. or was it Kyrie Irving and Brandon Knight? I think it was Dion Waiters and somebody. Okay. I, I just remember a Cavaliers player. and, and Yeah, I, I think it was Dion and somebody. Yeah. It might, it might have been Kyrie. No, I don't know who it was. It was Dion and somebody. Yeah, but, that, they were going back and forth. That I, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's always cool to see in these all-star games is to see players, you know, especially for those rookies and sophomores who aren't the best player on their team and don't get as many shots, to see them actually not, I mean, I guess showcase their skills right. um, and see like, Hey, th- these guys are the potential future of the NBA. And um, it was really cool to see that and them go back. I think it might've been Tim Hardaway, actually. I think it I was think Tim. I think you're right. Actually, Tim Hardaway went off and like, yeah, it's I think Tim that's Hardaway it. And Dion Waiters, they were, a little bit older than Dion too. So yeah, I think they went back and forth at it for like two, like three or four possessions in a row where they, they, they let everyone just cleared out and they just went, you know, back and forth. And they, I think they hit like three threes or four threes or something in each other's eyes. Ridiculous. And um, way back when too, you saw Kyrie mix Brandon Knight. Yeah. So exactly. Always see some good highlights from the, those youngsters falling out. 
Exactly. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sad to not see it, but I understand them not playing it because, again, I think they're trying to limit COVID cases and, yep. and bringing people into that facility. I believe it's in Atlanta this year. Yes, it's in Atlanta, which sucks for Atlanta people because I think the, you know, when the All-Star game was in Dallas, um, it, it's it's a week thing. It's not like, it's not just a weekend. It's, it's like the Super Bowl. You know, the, the games are obviously played and stuff's on the weekend, but you know, they come to your city and they do a bunch of stuff for the city. And so Atlanta's kind of missing out for the simple fact, I guess, whoever missed it out last year in 2020, same thing happened, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. Uh, talking about the slam dunk contest, because they have not officially announced the three point and skills. So we can't really tell you who we think is going to win that. I mean, we'll, we'll give you some people who have been named, but uh, the dunk contest has officially been named Obi Toppin, Cassius Stanley, and I'm going to say his first name wrong, but Afrin, Afrin Simmons. Um, who, who would you have as your winner out of those three? If you even have, if you even know. Um, I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley just because I know he had a, some ridiculous vertical that like was maybe even higher than Zion's when he was like going into Duke. Mm-hmm. So I'm, if I had to guess right now, I'd put my money on him. Uh, hopefully he can pull out some trick we've never seen before. It's always nice to see, you know, a different dunk that's never been done before. So I'm hoping at least any of these three guys can do something different and creative, but yeah. uh, money's on Cassius. I've, I got my money on Obi and that's just from watching him dunk last year for Dayton. He was one of the best dunkers and I've seen some of his highlights, like of him in practice and stuff. He, he definitely has some hops and some vertical. So, um, he'll, and I, I love watching big guys dunk, um, you know, and not to say the other guys are small, but I think it's like, it's either I like really big guys or really small guys. And those in-between guys just don't do it for me. And right. I think Cassius and Simmons both kind of fit that mold. And so I think Obi's going to have kind of the ability to differ himself just because he's a different player. I'd right. love to see Zion in the dunk contest. I think everyone would. Yeah, I, I think he'll probably end up being like, you know, the LeBron route. You know, we always wanted to see LeBron in at one point, but never happened. Yeah, I, I just, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, unfortunately, the dunk contest, it's no longer what it used to be, where they had the, like, Dominic, King, Dominic Wilkins and MJs participate. The dunk contest is always for guys that just have insane verticals and not the big star. Even if, even if LeBron, he's had, you know, he has an insane vertical and Zion, they just, they just don't participate in it for whatever reason, so. Right. Um, but that's kind of the dunk contest. Three-point contest, um, like we said, I think they're officially going to announce the rosters on Tuesday night when we're actually recording this. So, unfortunately, we will not hear about them until after. But are there any guys that you've heard? I know Joe Harris is was the last winner of the three-point contest, so he'll probably be participating. Um, I know Donovan Mitchell has been said to be in it. Yeah, I heard uh, Damian Lillard was going to be in it, but uh, last reports I saw he has withdrawn from doing the three-point contest. But other than that, I haven't heard too many names other than Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Do you, do you think Joe Harris has it? Do you think he'll re- he'll retain the title, or do you think there could be – do you think anyone in the NBA – were you taking Joe Harris or you taking the field? Uh, I'm going to take Joe Harris. I think he's, I think, first or second in the league in three-point percentage anyways, and he won it last year, um, you know. A lot of pressure's on him, but I believe in him to repeat if he decides to participate. Yeah, and we were, we were talking about it, obviously, we just mentioned it, that three-point contest is a lot different because you got to take it off the rack and you're not catching it and shooting it. So um, I think that does play a part. I mean, I have no idea. I have, you know, it, the with the threes being so big now and so popular, um, 
anyone can win the damn award now. I mean, it used to be we had specific guys who were three-point specialists. Now is nowadays it's like everyone's a three-point specialist. So who the hell is who the hell is gonna win? Um, but I mean, three-point contest is has low-key been better than the dunk contest in the past. I agree. So it could potentially rival, <clears throat> if not beat, the three the dunk contest, especially with the dunk contest not really having the a well-known guy, I should say. Right. Um, so especially be- the fan participation too, like live mm-hmm. in the arena too, might you know be a little bit different atmosphere, especially for the dunk contest. Three-point contest is probably the same because it you know always goes undervalued, which exactly. is means it's more appreciated you know when it comes out to the wire. Exactly. So uh, definitely tune into that one. Same with the skills contest. I think the skills is is an underrated thing. I don't. I definitely think they've done a bad job. I like the way it used to be a while ago. Yeah. Um, like when they used to do the full court, I don't really like them going against each other at the same yeah. time. I don't I don't like that either. I think it kind of takes away from them like trying to beat a specific time instead of, you know, just trying to beat one person and rushing a shot or them chunking up from half court. I want to see them do what the competition is named for, the skills. Exactly. But it, is, it is fun to see when big men win it, though. Like Jokic, I don't know if he wanted to like them participate and, you know, compete with some of these guards who are supposed to have all the skills in the league. Yeah, and I think I think that's the one thing I do like is that is when the bigs go against the the, the guards. I don't like when they go against the same skill. I wish they would go right. against each other every round, um, because I think it's it's I think it they want to they want to battle a little bit more than when they're battling each other. Right. Um, the only people I've seen that are expected to be in it: Robert Covington and Julius Randle. Um, I I personally don't think either of those guys would win. So. Yeah. I, I don't either. I, I don't even know if I've seen Robert Covington dribble a basketball. I know he shoots threes, plays defense, and gets rebounds. I've never seen him do any type of skill. Exactly. So and that's not to say he's a bad NBA player, but I don't think this contest is for him. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I think Jokic a couple of years ago when he was in it, he had a tough time because, like, like that again. These aren't like real passes. Like you're not making a pass to a, a person. You're making a yeah. pass in like a circle, and it's not the same. Um, and so like Jokic, who's like the best passer in the NBA, at least at the big position, he had a rough time with the passes. And then, like you said, all you have to do is make a shot and beat someone and then you win. So I don't think it's really about skill anymore. I think it's just about oh, first person to make the first shot. And that's pretty much who wins. Exactly. So um, I don't know, though. I mean, I, I just like part, I just like watching it. But um, I'm I am glad that they have sh- probably sh- they're going to shorten that. Well, that one goes by fast anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Now, I will say one thing, and I don't know if any of you guys remember this. I don't know if you'll remember this, Jacob. But one thing I do miss that they used to do was whenever they would bring in a vet, uh, a current player, and a, and a female yeah, player. I love that. And they would do the – I think it was the five spots. Like and the, like, and like, yeah. like celebrity from that hometown too or something. Yeah, they'd have like four people, and they would be like they'd – they'd shoot a layup, like a mid-range, a corner three, a top of the key, and then half court. Mm-hmm. and uh i i do miss that they don't do that anymore uh, i don't know what that was called or if it had a name or whatever but i do miss that aspect that was, that was definitely one of my favorites too I, and i think it was cool because they had like they just had it had a legend a celebrity a current player and a female player and obviously you couldn't do it from every city right um, they pick like four like four cities this the host city and then like three other cities are probably close or in that division or something like that and, and the cool thing was because there wasn't that many, they would always kind of bring back the same teams. Right. Um, and they would kind of bring in a new team and, and keep like two or three of the teams. So it was always like, it was always a fun one to watch. And it was like, 
it was like early, early in All Star. It was before the Skills Challenge, and normally people right. miss the Skills Challenge. So you had to be a, a dedicated fan, uh, I guess, to you know really watch it. But um, I, I do miss that one. Now uh, going into I guess the break or not the break um, to the game. Do you think NBA players enjoy the the actual if they're invited to the, any of the things, the the rookie stuff? the contest or the game do you think these athletes enjoy like going to these things um uh, I'd say the younger players probably enjoy it more you know those players in the first you know five to six years when they get invited for the first or second time who are mm-hmm. becoming all-star perennial players and um, I think they enjoy the atmosphere of being around some of the, the vets like LeBron or Katie who've been there essentially every year of their career mm-hmm. um I think it's kind of a new experience for them to enjoy. I don't think the vets enjoy it as much. I think they probably get more satisfaction out of being there and being around like the media and just, you know, being able to laugh and goof off more than actually playing the events or games. But, um, you know, it gives them off days other than the actual game. So I'm sure that's always nice. Gotcha. I mean, I think watching the last dance um, and they kind of showed a little bit about the all-star game it's completely different than it is now. I feel like, you know, one, obviously they competed harder in the actual game, but like, you know, I think they even talked about it a little bit, like they weren't buddy, buddy with each other. And so this was an opportunity kind of for the walls to come down. Right. And allow those guys to kind of be buddies a little bit. But once that weekend was over, walls go right back up. Um, You know, nowadays you have guys joking around in the middle of a fourth quarter, you know, with 20 seconds left on the clock, you know, And they're, they're already friends kind of coming into the league, which, I mean, I do I do like, and I think it's good for the league, but um, I also think competition is, is also good for these guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do I do agree. I think the vets are kind of getting tired, especially a guy like LeBron who's been in the All-Star game, I think, every year he's been in the NBA. Except his rookie year. Okay, except he's his He's in the Rising Stars Challenge, so he's been at the weekend every year. Exactly. So, so and I, I definitely agree with the whole younger guys, even if you're not in the actual game, like just uh, just getting the experience and learning from teammates or not teammates, other t- players that maybe you haven't been in contact with all season, right. seeing how they do stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's good for the I, 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 I do think the rule changed last year when they honored Kobe and added the, you know, mm-hmm. the first to a certain the 24th point of the winning team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that made it competitive and really fun to watch last year. Like it came down to the wire. Guys were playing hard that entire quarter. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they stuck with that this year. And, you know, at least be able to see competition for one quarter. I do enjoy, you know, some of the silliness, the lobs, but mm-hmm. I at least want a little bit of competition. I'm glad there is that, especially well, in the fourth quarter. And it wasn't just the fourth quarter that I was, I think it were competitive. Well, yeah, because they're doing for the charity, right? Whoever won oh, that yeah. quarter, whoever won that quarter, like, Donate like a hundred thousand dollars to one charity mm-hmm. and then to another in Chicago, I think, last year. So yeah. I think they're definitely competing for that. Because a lot of these guys are such generous people off the court as well. So, you know, they want to do something for the community. Yeah. And I mean, I think, and obviously the closer you were to the opponent, the less points you're gonna make up at the end. So if you had a hundred points and the team that didn't that didn't score the most had like 78, you'd have to make up 78 to 100 plus 24. So you don't want right. to get behind too much. Um and then I, but I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Hey, let, let them throw some lobs. Let them shoot some crazy shots. But, you know, in between that stuff, let them play hard a little bit. And then the, the fourth quarter was definitely fun to watch uh, for everyone. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the break. So, obviously, if you're not going to All-Star Weekend or if you're not ending all these events, <laughs> you get an extra, 
normally is three, four days off um, compared to the guys who are obviously going to it. What do you think this break means for athletes in general? Just like, even if you're in the game or even if you're not, what does what does this time off kind of mean for you? Um, for them, I mean, excuse me. Personally, for me, I'm sure for a ton of these athletes, I'm sure it's just a night. Like, obviously, it's a good physical break, mm-hmm. but you know, the grind of the season can be so tough mentally that sometimes you need just a little bit of a refresher of three or four days, you know, to kind of get your mind back on track. You know, focus on what you need to spend a little time with family to let your, you know, like you said earlier, bring down those walls. Like, if you have more time with your family being around the house, just kind of be able to relax a little bit and taking a mental break from the grind that the NBA season is. I really think that's probably the biggest bonus of the all-star weekend for these guys. Now, if you were an NBA player and for some reason you were given the option, would you choose to go to the all-star game or the or the weekend, or would you rather have the time off? Um, You know, I always like being, I, I have a fear of missing out. I have bad FOMO. So I would like to be at the All-Star Weekend, to put it simply. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, I think I think a lot of people, I think a lot of these athletes who aren't would love to at least go one time, if not more. Um, but, you know, obviously they don't get the choice. So um, just play better, I guess. Play better. Um, but and, and I think a lot of people, what they say about this All-Star break um, for teams in general is it's a nice little break, obviously, but it's a time to refocus their energy and think, okay, what do we have to do to make the playoffs? Right. You know, AKA the Mavericks so far, and I know they've had a rough start to the year. A lot of people are calling them overrated and stuff. This is a nice time for them to kind of, especially recall, you know, he's going to come back and have a great second half of the year. He's going to kind of detox for a second and then get right back into things. So exactly. And, and for those teams who are winning, like, you know, a lot of games row, like the Mavericks who won eight out of the last 10, you know, something good that they can keep building off that momentum too while resting all their players, whether it's injuries or all the COVID protocol, mm-hmm. kind of gives a chance, uh, teams a chance to, you know, reset, even if they're going up or down, you know, uh, kind of puts everyone on the same page because they're all competing for that playoffs. Exactly. So I think it's a, I think the all-star break is, is a much needed thing for everyone. Um, hopefully, and I, I'm, I'm really, really hoping this, that uh that no covid cases come out of this weekend because that would just be awful because again you're having a lot of top talent guys in the nba you don't want to see that so hopefully they're all being safe uh this or i guess this upcoming weekend and and nothing happens like that um but we're going to go ahead and take a break just like the all-star break we're going to take a break from uh this podcast real fast we're going to hear from our sponsor anchor.fm when we come back we'll be talking a little bit about some college hoops and then we'll send you out on the weekend and welcome back. Like I had mentioned before the break, we're going to go ahead and talk about some college hoops now. We've got a couple big-name teams this week to talk about, uh, the first being Baylor suffering their first loss this season against Kansas uh, the other night. Uh, there, So, again, the first loss of the season, that's huge. Now, Jacob, what do you think this does for their kind of mindset? Do you actually think it helps them, or do you think it hurts them going forward? Well, I think it definitely helps them. Um you don't have too much confidence going in. You don't want all the pressure of being undefeated because I don't know the last time a whole undefeated team has won the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So, and also helps them learn, you know, a close, I think they got beat by like what double digits maybe, or like kind of around 10 points, mm-hmm. but either way, you know, it helps them figure out uh, what their problems were, how they can fix it and how they can still be one of the top two teams in the country. So I think in the long run, you know, when the tournament comes around and there's another tough game, that they need to close out. They've had that experience of losing and definitely don't want to feel that again. 
So I think it helps them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think one, it's, it's too much pressure, obviously, to be undefeated. You know, Gonzaga is still undefeated, and we'll see how they deal with that. Um, but for Baylor, I think it kind of brings them down to earth a little bit. And I'm right. not going to say they're an underdog by any means, but it, it doesn't, they're not, they're not, it's them and Gonzaga anymore. You know, right. it brings them on the same level as Michigan and it allows the pressure to kind of be off them and allow them to play. And obviously, if you do lose a game, you'd rather it be in the regular season or even in the conference tournament than in March Madness. Absolutely. So if they if they were to only lose one game this year, I think they would be happy losing to Kansas, who is a very good team. It's not like yeah. they yeah they don't lose to no scrubs or anything. Like Kansas is always one of the best teams in the country, and they've always got great players and a great coach. So I don't think that's anything too harshly to you know ponder on and look too down on themselves about. Exactly, and I mean playing in the Big Twelve, and even if you're you know a Big Ten team, like. You're, you you play such a tough schedule anyway that, like, you are bound to lose to a top-tier team like that anyway. So, um, for Baylor, it's not – I mean, they didn't lose to, I guess, Kansas State or Iowa State or – I don't know who's bad in that division right now, but I only know who's good because that's all they talk about. Um, but talking about Kansas a little bit uh, and Big Ten schools in Iowa, Iowa and Kansas this season have beaten seven ranked opponents – uh, so far, which I think is a huge number. Um, and I think it's a huge confidence boost because it says like, hey, when it comes to tournament time, we can play with these big, big, big name teams and we can beat them. Uh, so, I mean, be be wary of Iowa and Kansas, you know, and Kansas, Kansas has Bill Self. And I think coaching takes you a long, long way in the tournament. And he's been there, done that. Been there, won it before. So I think, you know, that experience definitely helps him and being able to coach those guys. Yeah. to like a late game victory if they need it. And Kansas has been up and down all year. I mean, they, they were really good at the start of the year, and then they kind of gone down since, I, I want to say since the new year, they've kind of been on a, just an, like kind of up and down. They haven't been winning a ton. They haven't been losing, or they've been losing and winning. Um, and then obviously beating Baylor is huge. Um, but again, it, it kind of puts that big target on the back uh, of right. Kansas. So um, just, just be wary of Kansas. Iowa, honestly, I think Iowa just wins games because of Luke Garza at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't see Iowa being more than a Sweet 16. They might crack the Elite Eight, you know, just because of a huge Luca Garza game, like you had mentioned. But um, you know, it's at least good to see Iowa, a good basketball school always, but you know, doing better than they normally have in the past. Yeah, uh, and and I think, I think they'll they'll give they'll they'll give uh, specific teams a run for their money. I don't know what teams off the top of my head. But they'll give certain teams a run on the money because Luca Garza is a big, and mm-hmm. you don't really see that a lot um, with the Big Twelve schools. I don't think you see a lot of bigs being the best player. It's a lot of guards, right? So um, the Iowa will have a will have a not an easy time, but they'll give a lot of teams a challenge because of because of Garza playing that position. Uh, then we move on to Gonzaga. I saw the stat that it might have changed the number. But they have, at the time, they had won 22 games. Of those 22 wins, 21 of them have come by double-digit points. True. Again, an amazing stat. I mean. That's crazy. I mean, I said it a minute ago, no team has won the regular season conference tournament undefeated and the national championship. mm -hmm. I think this team could do it. They're deep. They're athletic. They're fast. They're well-coached. They have a lot to offer. And. Um, like I had mentioned multiple times on this podcast too, I hope and Gonzaga deserves to win a national championship. They've been close mm-hmm. many, many times in years past, but I really hope they win one, especially this year too. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just that that's an amazing stat because that's that's consistency and consistency is scary. Um, and, and to be able to to and yes, they don't play in a great conference. I'm not going to say that they do, but uh, to to beat teams and to not play them down to the level of competition of those teams and then consistently right. beat them by 10 plus points every game. Uh, that that's very good to do. And then they didn't play an easy non-conference schedule. They, they whooped on Kansas. Or, I mean, on that, granted, it's early in the season, but they whooped on Kansas mm-hmm. early in the season. Kansas yeah, so, is good every year. Yeah. And, I mean, Gonzaga, Gonzaga has been getting better over the years, and I think this is probably the best team they've had. I think it's from, I think it's from all this round team. Yeah. They've got good guards and good bigs. And good wings. So like yeah, I was gonna they've say. had years where they've only had bigs or only had a couple of good wings or a couple of good guards. So it's nice to see that they're very well balanced. Yeah, I mean, I remember that team that was in the final four a couple of years ago when we were freshmen at Hendricks. Um mm-hmm. I, I think that team might be better. I don't mm-hmm. know though. Um we'll we'll see when the tournament rolls around um for this for this Gonzaga team, but still that's an incredible thing and and I almost want that I, I do want them to go undefeated uh and and go on and play the national championship game whatever and have that opportunity but again I'd rather lose a game now or in the yeah. conference tournament than in the than in the final in the March Madness it means a little bit more so but I don't see them losing to 16 seed like Virginia did so no. <laughs> so we should see them for a while in the March Madness tournament for sure um and then let's move on to an SEC school Arkansas um, Sandy and Stone had reached out to me from the Split Up Rice podcast crew, um, and they said, you guys got to give a shout-out to Arkansas. Apparently, they've been playing some really good ball. Uh, I believe they've they've won the last six contests in a row, and then that they've won the last, I don't know how many SEC contests, because they did lose to Oklahoma State in the SEC mm-hmm. championship game. Or not SEC championship game, the SEC um, Big 12 competition that they do, um, or contest, whatever. They did lose that game, but uh, we're going to talk about Oklahoma State here in a second, and they're 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 a really good team too. So, uh, but Arkansas, Arkansas is kind of stepping out as the top dog in the SEC. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, uh, I mean, especially I think the best thing Arkansas did uh, a year, maybe two years ago, was hire Eric Musselman. He's mm-hmm. done a fantastic job in rebuilding that program. They had been, you know, uh, kind of one of the bottom tier teams in the SEC for the last, you know, almost decade. And um, he attracted top 100 recruits, you know, for maybe a one five-star guy, Moses Moody. They um, got the good recruits. He's coached them well. And they've won big games. They've beaten good teams. And they're kind of hot. And like we always say, the closer you get to March, the hotter your team should get. And um, they're kind of scary. They're really athletic. They don't have much depth at the, at the big position. Mm-hmm. But um, they're very well coached. And, um, you know, they're hot. So, it's anyone's game at that point when you're up against a hot team. Yeah, and they they just beat Bama, a part of that six-game stretch, which Bama at that point had been looking like your favorite in the SEC. Um, and so you go out and beat the favorite, and you kind of put your put yourself in that position. I mean, they're they're definitely in the they're definitely in the right conference to make at least a little bit of noise in the tournament. Right. Um, I do not think an SEC school will come out of the Sweet 16, but you never know. In March, yeah. you just it's all about matchups and, 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 you know, who wins and what game. So that could change. But, um, I mean, shout out to them. Arkansas, Arkansas has been a better basketball program over the last five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to be dumpster fire. And yeah. then they've slowly gotten better. And like you said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, ever since they won the Natty in, like, 95, they were garbage until, mm-hmm. like, four 
five years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it. It definitely, definitely doesn't. Um, it definitely doesn't help that they're known as a football school and not really a basketball school, and yeah, and they're not even a good football school either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean they're getting better at football and basketball, which is good for for them because Arkansas has got nothing else um, but the Hogs. So mm-hmm. shout out to Arkansas and hope hopefully they continue this success. Um, because yeah. the SEC is definitely up for grabs. I don't see a front runner um, at all, and yeah. so it would be really good for them in that in that in uh, the university to win that SEC championship at least, and then potentially do well in the tournament. That'd be huge. Um, and then the final team we're going to talk about is OK State. Like I mentioned, um, first off, Cade Cunningham is a monster. He is a, he's incredible. <laughs> I mean he. And and Brandon or not Brandon, uh, Robin. You know we talked about a little bit about this a little bit. Um, you know, Cade in Oklahoma State. It's not really like he brought a ton of talent with him. Mm-hmm. Like these are just it's just a normal Oklahoma State team who isn't. I mean, they're not bad, but they're, they're not. Always decent. They're decent. They're just they're not competing for the Big Twelve championship. They're not you know rarely in the March Madness tournament. But Cade Cunningham makes them phenomenal. Yeah. He does absolutely everything for them. He defends. He sees the floor like some of these really good players in the NBA, like a you know, like a big guard like Luke or Ben Simmons. He can pass the ball. Mm-hmm. And when he takes over, oh man, is he exciting to watch? He can get a bucket at all three levels at the rim, mid-range from three. He's just he's probably the most exciting player in college basketball to watch. Yeah, and and he uh, I think he what just had 40 points against Oklahoma yeah, the other 30, night. 39, I think. Yeah, I mean crazy and then and then I just saw something funny so Oklahoma State and Oklahoma just played and they said within 30 hours of each other um and 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 Oklahoma State won both and then they said the uh how many times has like Oklahoma State won uh this is like a meme how many times has Oklahoma State won the uh bedlam over the last like x amount of years and it was only two times and it was like how many times has Oklahoma State basketball won bedlam in the last 30 hours and it was two times so (laughs) Um, you know, uh, but I mean, yeah, Oklahoma State is, I think, in the top 15 right now, or they were 17 when they played at Oklahoma. That'll definitely change next time they come out that, um, so they'll probably be a top 10 team in the nation because Oklahoma was six, I think, when they played. Six, to, yeah, I think they're top 10, I think. Yeah. They may be a drop to the teens because I think Texas or someone beat them the week before. So, but they're still top 15 team. I'm pretty sure when Oklahoma state beat them. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, at this point, um, Oklahoma state has stapled themselves as a top 10 team, I think in the nation. And again, same as Iowa, it's because of that one player, but Cade Cunningham is not Luca Garza. Cade Cunningham is a, you know, he's going to go to an NBA team next year and probably be the number one overall pick. And he's probably going to change a franchise. Hopefully it's not the New York Knicks. Um, but Go, go or maybe not even Minnesota Timberwolves but you know he, he's definitely going to be that that top dog in the NBA for for years to come and I think we're starting to see kind of a trend you know at the the high school I went to we have a six seven point guard right now as well um, and I think we're starting to see this trend of big guards yeah big point guards not just big guards big point guards guys who can facilitate and move the ball and score because the point guard position is changing on all on all aspects of the game you know high school and above and even below that you're not a facilitator anymore. You're a scoring guard. Uh, right. and you facilitate second, you know, you're not Chris Paul. Yeah. Oklahoma so, state will go as far as Kate Cunningham takes him in the March. And, and that, and that can be to the natty like Carmelo did in 2002. 
Hey. It's up to him. And that's about, you know, he might have an off night and they lose a game and that happens, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, pretty much up to him to carry that team all the way. Now, I, I will say the closest thing we've seen to this, and, and probably not really, but Ben Simmons, when he was at LSU, yep. Ben Simmons wasn't able to do this. Yeah, he didn't make the tournament. Yeah, they didn't make the tournament. I mean, he did pick LSU, which is yeah. why would you pick LSU. But um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's all about the under under. He's getting paid under the table. But yeah, I mean, um, K K can very easily take a team to. He, they could easily win the national championship. I mean, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So I know they're going through an appeal process right now to get in it. I don't care what the NCAA has to do. I don't know what they did wrong. Don't care anymore. Just get him in the tournament at this point. I agree. Uh, it, it, it'll you will make millions of dollars either way but you will make more you will make more fans happy and you'll make probably more money if you let Cade play in this tournament uh, and, and let him do what he does exactly. so NCA, if you ever listen to this before the appeal happens or whatever just get Cade Cunningham in the damn tournament um and that and maybe that's not playing with Oklahoma State maybe he you could allow him to transfer to a team that's gonna make it just get him in the tournament I don't care how He's just that damn good, and I'm excited to see him play on an NBA team. But I do want to see him do well in, in, a, on, in a college team because um, it's good for it'll be good for the NCAA, especially with a lot of things happening of players going to the G League and and overseas. It, it you allow a kid to go and, and play, and you allow him to play in the tournament. It'll look really good for your organ or for the NCAA. So Absolutely. please let it happen. That's that's kind of my last wish. Um, but that's going to go ahead and do it for us here on the five out podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and go to Apple, Spotify, YouTube, look us up at five out. That's five, like the number then I V out, look us up on those three platforms and you guys can go ahead and subscribe and follow. And we post episodes every Thursday for you guys to listen to, uh, the YouTube you have to look actually looks up on sideline sports, but it will be the same content on, uh, as it is on Apple and Spotify going to see some of our daily stuff as uh stuff we post our fantasy recaps as well as some podcast highlights as well as some poll questions go look us up on uh twitter at five underscore out just the same way it's spelled like you would uh if you're looking at the podcast name so go look us up there as well and then you guys can look us up on tiktok and uh instagram as well you'll see very similar content on those platforms as you do as on twitter but you'll also see some of our other uh, podcast as well go check those out and then we'll see you guys next time hope you guys enjoy the all-star break it should be a fun week or should be a fun weekend but it'll be just a day but we're looking forward to it we'll see you guys after the all-star break clap your hands everybody if you got what it takes because i'm curtis blow and i want you to know that these are the boys on the car, breaks to make you a superstar, breaks to win and breaks to lose, but these here breaks rock your shoes, and these are the breaks, break it up, break it up, break it up, if your woman steps out with another man, she runs off with him to Japan. That's the place, that's the place. And the IRS says they want to chat. And you can't explain.
why you can't you can And my bell sends you a whopping bill With 18 phone calls to Brazil And you borrowed money from the mob And yesterday you lost your job Well, these are the breaks Break it up, break it up, break it up Somebody say, all right. 